welcome to Simply Happy Conversations. I'm Narelle King, wellness and organizational coach and yin and nidra yoga instructor. This podcast will help you create more time using organizational strategies so that you can start to simplify your life and prioritize your health. I'll be sharing conversations with other health and organizational experts and solo episodes with tips to help you simplify your life and prioritize your health. Hi, and welcome to Simply Happy Conversations. I'm Narao King, and in today's solo episode, I'll be sharing simple tips to reduce paper coming into your home. I'll also share solutions to store paperwork and a simple process to reduce the accumulation of paperwork in your home. So if you're drowning in paperwork and not sure where to start, then keep listening. This episode will give you simple tips and steps to get started today. Thanks for joining me for today's solo episode on organizing your paperwork. I'm going to share some simple tips to reduce paper coming into your home first, and then I'll share some solutions to store your paperwork. And I'll also share a simple process to reduce the accumulation of paperwork that you can start using today. Okay, let's start. I work with clients and generally it will start with decluttering a small area in their home. What I generally find is a lot of paperwork mixed in with all of the other things. So we will take the paperwork out and put it to one side. It is generally the last thing that I'll tackle in a home once we've moved from room to room and all the paperwork has been then collected and it's in one area and then we will organize that. So it's the last thing I generally do. A couple of reasons, because we find it in all parts of the home. It's also a really big cause of emotional clutter. So people have a lot of shame around their clutter, also guilt around their paper clutter because maybe they haven't done their tax for a few years. And it's also just physical clutter, the amount of paper that people have in their homes. By collecting it all, it then just makes the process a lot easier because we know we have it all. So why is paper building up in our homes? So one of the first reason is basically people are so busy that they're coming in with their paperwork that's, you know, maybe out of the mailbox, they've collected from school and there's no process. So they just dump it somewhere and then it might get mixed up with other papers and and things that are around the home and then it's just placed in a cupboard out of the way, out of sight because maybe someone's coming over to visit, they haven't had a chance to clean up. So that's one of the reasons. The other reason is paperwork building up in your home is just the overwhelm. So not sure of where to start. So if you don't have a system, it makes it really hard to know what to do with all this paperwork if you don't have that system in place. So you're feeling extremely overwhelmed. The next one would be procrastination and definitely fear. The fear is huge because of people who maybe haven't done their tax for a couple of years. They're not sure if they're going to have to pay tax. So therefore, they're just avoiding doing their paperwork and hoping the problem will just go away. Also, there's maybe some missed bills and there's just a lot of maybe shame around something, a parking fine and speeding fines, and it's it's just piled up in a big pile of paperwork. Another reason why paperwork builds up is the indecision of what to keep and what not to keep. So do we need to keep that parking fine from five years ago or could we let it go and then let go of that shame around it as well? 
Another thing is the last one is probably the guilt. So I talked a little bit about that just a bit at the fear, but there's also guilt around not lodging your tax return or maybe paying bills as well. So that's one, they're like five reasons as to why paperwork builds up in people's homes. Why is it hard to keep organized? So one of the main reasons for people not being able to keep their paperwork organized is because they don't have any easy storage to place all their paperwork and they don't have a system set up for either putting the paperwork away or retrieving the items. So maybe just having it in one big pile feels like that would be easier and it's going to be quicker to be able to find. But in reality, when she set up the system, the feedback I get from clients all the time is, I can't believe how easy it was to go find that rather than flicking through a pile of uh, papers. You know, when you get that letter, it's like, where does that letter go? Does it go on the bench? Because you're not even sure about what to do with it. And therefore it stays unopened as well. Number two, as to why it's hard to keep organized, paperwork organized, is the decision making. So whether they need to keep it or whether they need to let go of it or how long to hold on to things. So it's also the question of what if, what if I throw out this? Will I need it? What if I throw out this manual for this new appliance I've bought? Will I be able to get my money back if it's not working properly? The guarantee behind it, the receipts for it. So some people then just keep all of it because they're not sure what bit they need and not. The next thing around why it's hard to keep organized is it's boring. And it's definitely the last thing I do, not only because it's easy to then collect all the paperwork in the different areas of the home, but it's also boring. It's not something that my clients want to do first up because they want to see a kid's room all tidied up with a process of how the child's going to be able to dress themselves or tidying and setting up a system for toys or storing puzzles and games. And because we've got that visual to see, whereas with paperwork, we're not actually going to see, we're going to see a reduction in the amount of papers and hopefully a nice filing system, but we actually won't see much else. So that's definitely a reason why it's hard to keep organized. Another one, or even to start doing it. Another last one is it's ongoing. Like paperwork is continually coming into your homes and it makes it hard to keep on top of it when we're really busy and we don't have a process in place. So let's look at the tips for reducing paper coming into your home. Number one tip I have is cancelling subscriptions. So that might be things like newsletters. Like I know I still had a spotlight newsletter that was coming in with all of their sales. And a couple of months ago, I actually then went online changed that and deleted it. It was like tick a box. I just had to untick the box and now I don't receive that. Another one was Next. I was receiving catalogs from them, which when my kids were younger, they were great, but now I don't really use their service. So again, I went online and unsubscribed from their mail that was coming to my house. Magazines, maybe you're like me, you'd pick up the Woolworths or Coles here in Australia, supermarket recipes and it comes in a little magazine. Looks fantastic, but the amount of clients I work with and they just sit there in a big, huge pile and there's no recipes being used out of it. So one of my uh, suggestions is to go through that, rip out the recipes you need straight away and put them in a recipe folder and throw away the magazine. 
The other thing might be newspapers. We maybe still read newspapers. It's reading that newspaper. Maybe it's at the end of the week having a process that it's on a Sunday. I throw out all the papers and we start again fresh. So there's not that accumulation of it in the home. Number two is junk mail. So there is also, you know, the junk mail coming into your home. So having a no junk mail sticker, which I think a lot of people have these days. If you really enjoy getting those brochures in, just check out the sales. It's like then having a process in place of when you're going to and how you're going to move them out of your home. I worked with a client recently and we set up a magazine holder and she would place all of those magazines that she would collect in junk mail. And then we worked out that on a weekend, she would throw those out ready to start fresh for the next week. And she would rip out the ones that she wanted to keep. So it's putting a process in place if you're wanting to keep those, but otherwise it's like not taking them in the first place or throwing them away as soon as you've finished using them instead of letting them accumulate. Number three is changing your bills to be emailed. So if you go on to any of these websites for your bills, there's usually a way of clicking and changing and adding your email address. So they're coming to you as an email rather than the physical bill. I know I do have clients who prefer to have the bill as a nice visual reminder to them. So we've set up a process that once they pay the bill, then their new habit is that they shred it and get rid of it instead of keeping. So they have only one on file just in case they need the details of their account numbers or anything like this. But we have now set up a new habit of removing it and not keeping it because once it's paid, you don't need evidence. That is still all recorded in um, the process of the company. So you can always go onto their website and check what bills you've paid, how much you've paid as well. You can ring them as well and they can go through that on their computer and also tell you. The fourth thing is manuals. I find all the time when I'm helping clients is a stack of manuals. I also find manuals in all different parts of the home. So one of the processes I do is either we look through it and depending on the type of manual and whether they're a person who needs that visual instruction, we will then get rid of it and recycle it. Or otherwise, we will check. They're all online. You can always Google the manuals, but otherwise we have got a folder that we will place the manuals in so that they can go and retrieve them really easily instead of having to find them all over the home. The next thing I wanted to talk about is the storage of paperwork. So how we store our paperwork in our home. So I have three steps to mine. One is action items. So these are the things that you need to do. And again, I have talked about uh, doing and using verbs. And so the thing that you're going to do, it describes the action you're going to do. So it might be follow up or pay or email. With some clients, they actually like to have them separated as a follow up, a pay, an email or a read as a thing. Other people like just one folder and it just says action action or to do. And we place all of the things that they need to do in that folder. I really like magazine holders because it keeps the paperwork vertical. It stops from creating piles. When we have it horizontal and lying on top of each other, it's just encouraging us to make piles, piles of paperwork, which we don't want to have. The next storage I have is quick reference. Again, this could be a magazine holder with a a folder inside it and says quick reference. The quick reference can be broken down into 
generally another subcategory depending on the family. It could be school. It could be sport. So it could be like they do little athletics or taekwondo. And so you have just a folder because you get a lot of paperwork from that particular activity. It might be um, family members' names uh, that that you want to have as your quick reference. Or it could be a project that you're working on, like just say we're going on a holiday. I would definitely have a quick reference, a folder with all the things that we're working on for that particular holiday. And then, or it could be just events. It could be just a category saying events, and that could have your holiday in it. The quick reference, though, needs to be something that you're wanting to go to. You're wanting to refer back to it. It's not something you're having to take action on. It's just you may need to look at that items. For example, at the moment, my daughter going to high school, I've got a folder there and it had high school. It was the things to do with the schools we were going to look at. And now that we've been accepted to a school, it's anything else that we're receiving. A lot of it is digital, but anything we get that's paperwork that's related will go in there as well. And the third storage of paperwork is our archives. Now, when I use archives, I use either a filing cabinet or a clear filing box. I love these clear filing box that you can get here in Australia at Officeworks, and it then has your files in there as well. And you can get the multicolored one, which is great because then you can separate the different topics in that archive box. I love it when it's clear because you can see where it is, wherever it is in the home, that it's a filing box. They also have flat lids now, so which is great because you can stack other things on top of it if you need to. Archive is not something that we go to regularly, and so it can be stored away somewhere else. Whereas our action items and quick reference I have in my kitchen area on our command center. Another great one for quick reference is I love from Ikea. They've got the wall storage. So if it's your own home, you could look at getting one of those and you can separate the files on there as well. You can also use like a labeler and label each one of those. Another thing I like are the drawers that you can also purchase, the clear ones so you can see it. I know that they're horizontal and not vertical, but they are great for kids to also get into the habit. They're really easy to open and close. I've got a family who the children would bring the mail in. They would place the mail in there for the parents to then at their own leisure actually go through and open it. So that was a great way to use those drawers that were also already in the home anyway. So I'm going to share with you now the old way of archiving that I used to do until my husband and I were together and I had to come up with a new way because it wasn't working. So this is an example. In our archive, we had car things. And so he would file it under V for vehicle, whereas I would file it under C for car. That makes it really difficult to retrieve things when we're both filing things under different letters. The other one, other examples I've seen is um, like around health. Some people would file it under H for health. Others would be M for medical or N for NDIS. Whereas really all of these things are all very similar and could be under the one category. Another one is like um, a passport. I would find P for passport. My husband had it. Whereas I put it under L for legal 
legal items. So by having less headings, it makes it easy to file as well as retrieve. These are the headings that I've been using with clients and my own. I started with my own and obviously found it so much easier. My husband's still getting used to it. Clients really enjoy the the limited amount of headings and for them to be able to retrieve. So finance. Now under finance, some of these things that you may place, you might decide to put it under legal or household. But these are the things that I usually would place under finance. I would ask the person as to which one they like to put their paperwork under, which one they automatically would want to find it as well. So for finance, we would put our bills, we have our tax, we have our shares, we have our school fees, our super, our house purchase papers, could possibly go under finance, but I have got other families who place theirs under household. Legal, I would have will, uh, divorce papers or marriage certificates, certificates of any kind. So it might be a degree or certificates in education. So I know that even our own uh, VCE, our, our high school certificates are in there. Some people actually place their super under legal. So, you know, that's that's something that you have to think about. Which one would I look under first? Would it be finance or legal? And so that's the one you would decide to place it under insurance. And insurance is another one. Some people place insurance under household, other people place it under legal. So work out which sounds the most likely for you to go and find it. The next one is health or medical. It depends on the person as to which one they like to to use. The things that I find that we place under that health or medical heading are NDIS files, like separated into each individual within the home if there's multiple people with NDIS. History, like medical history reports that they might have from a doctor or other physicians that they've been seeing. Test results, directions to how to use particular medications, exercises. So they may be seeing some sort of exercise physiologist or a a podiatrist and they've shared exercises with them. Insurance. So that's, yeah, some people place insurance under that health and medical and any other reports that have been written. Also, sometimes a doctor referral that's you know, maybe giving multiple copies. So you've put one in there and you may have also your one because you're waiting for the appointment to come up. So it might be in your quick reference. The next heading is household. Now, this is where I put those appliance manuals that we have decided to keep. So they're all together in the archive storage. DIY projects maybe that they've worked on within the home and it might be receipts for that or purchases that they've made or, you know, the design and tiles and they want to keep that for reference down the track in case they need to replace something. Uh, Leases and anything to do with the home, maybe it was the purchase of the home and like I said before, it might be under finance or you may put it under household. The next category is work or business. And so under those, you might have tax, pay slips, receipts of things that you've purchased. The next one might be school. I know that we have ours separated. It was in finances and my husband didn't find that easy for him to retrieve. So I've separated it now and I've made it just a school one. So it's got like the kids reports before they were digital. It's got some certificates that they need, like their baptism certificates, as well as some swimming certificates. So I know what swimming group they were in the past 
if they have to do school swimming. So I'm just going to go through the process of paperwork. So when it enters your home, so you know which one, where you're going to store it. I actually have a flow chart and I use that flow chart with my clients and then I leave that with them. So they've got a visual and a reminder so they know where to go, where the paperwork goes when it comes into their home once I've left. It's like, do you need to action the paperwork? So that's the first question I ask my clients when they get their piece of paper. What do they need? Do they need to do something with it? Like, do they need to pay? Do they need to email? Do they need to follow up, ring someone? And if it's a yes, then we put it in our action folder. If it's a no, then we go on to the next question of do you need to keep it? And if they say yes, then does it need to be for a quick reference? And if it is, yes, we need to keep that. I need to be able to get that quickly. Then we'll put it in our quick reference folder or drawers, depending on how, or the IKEA wall storage, depending on what you've got set up for quick reference. If it was, do I need to keep it? And it was a no, then we'd just put it straight in recycling or shredding if if it's got details on it that you don't want, just put in the recycling bin. We've got some great service here in our area that um, also supports employment of people with disabilities. So that's a great resource here in Geelong where I live, but I'm sure in your local area there is a similar place that also does shredding if you don't have a shredder yourself. Or otherwise you might even be lucky and have an open fireplace and you can burn it. So I have had clients who've had that and so they've been able to get rid of it as well. So if you do need to keep it, and but you don't need to keep it for quick reference, but you do need to keep it. Do you need to archive it? Yes, you need to archive it. That's when you'll look at what category do I need to place this piece of paper? What archive do I need to put it under? And that is the process of going through the actual paperwork. The thing that you need to then look at is how you're going to create the routines. So for example, it might be that on a Monday is when you do all those action items. It's when you have a little bit of time in the morning before going to work possibly, and you've got that time to go through and action all those things that are there, or at least open it and maybe place it into the different categories using that process of paperwork. You might have that, I have an archive drawer. And so when that archive drawer is completely full, that's when I'll actually put it into the archive. I've got other clients who I've set up a folder, which is next to their quick reference there, but they'll slot all of the archive things in there. Once it's too full, then they'll um, have to go and place it actually in the drawer. If it's, you know, the drawers, the archive box is further away and at least it's somewhere safe and you know you've got it there. I hope by sharing tips to reduce paper coming into your home and solutions to store paperwork and a simple process to reduce the accumulation of paperwork that you feel less overwhelmed and you're able to start using this even today. If you need help with getting started, please email me or send me a DM. It's definitely something that I could do over a video call anywhere in the world. Thanks for listening to Simply Happy Conversations. Thank you so much for joining me for today's Simply Happy Conversation. If you'd like to reduce your stress, improve your mood, and support your immune system, then join me for an introduction to yin and nidra yoga. Over five short 10-minute online lessons, you'll start to feel calmer and more rested. Head to simplyhappy.com.au in the resources section and start today. Mm -hmm.